All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three of the No Laying Up podcast. Uh, hopefully you are listening to this through iTunes. We've recently been added to the iTunes library. Uh, thank you to everyone who has subscribed and given us a review. Uh, if you have not done so already, please help us out and uh, subscribe and review, give us a review. Um, for those new listeners, you can read us at nolangup.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at nolangup. We appreciate all questions uh, that come in that, for topics you want to hear discussed on the podcast. We've got several good ones for this week. We'll get to those near the end of the show. Um, first, we're going to start out talking about some of the odds of the U.S. Open. We're going to talk about the venue and future venues for the U.S. Open. We're going to talk about interesting pairings, some of the amateurs in the field, and then that's when we'll transition to some of the questions we got. So, um, uh, This is Sally. We have Tron on the line calling in from Atlanta. We have Phil calling in from Boyne, Michigan. And uh, first topic we're going to discuss, the favorites. Rory McIlroy and Adam Scott both ten to one. Phil Mickelson sixteen to one. Bubba Watson twenty to one. Are your top four favorites via Labrokes? Sean, why don't you start us off? What do you think about why are Rory and Adam Scott the favorites? Do you think they should be the favorites? What do you think of their chances? Go. Yeah, I think uh, Rory. Obviously, his top far surpasses anybody else's in this event. Maybe except for except for Mickelson, possibly. But I'll let. I'll let Big Randy, okay, Uncle Phil, get into that one. Uh, but I think, you know, Rory, he can combine the ball striking and the putting. I think over the next 10 years, you're probably going to see Rory boat race the field in a major event three to four times. Um, and by boat race, I mean win a major by at least five shots, a la what he did at Congressional. Um, I think he did some, you know, something similar at at Kiowa, too. How many did you win yeah. that one by? Seven or eight. I mean, it was almost the same exact thing. I mean, it, yeah. He kind of yeah. didn't He didn't do it in the same fashion he did at Congressional. Like, Congressional, you had a, like a seven-shot lead going into the weekend. At Kiowa, I think he he pulled away on Sunday. And by the time he birdied 18, somebody else bogeyed, and it, it was like, wow, he really just won that tournament by seven made it look pretty effortless. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I like, you know, I like him to, you know, I think his top gear can – blow Scott's out of the water if his putter if his putter's on simply because I, I can't envision Adam Scott's putter getting that hot to where yeah. he he can he can run away from the field and hide like that. I mean are we are we concerned about the knee? I mean he shot sixty three opening round at Memorial and then the knee I mean he was limping the back nine with that knee. Granny shot twenty nine once he started limping on that knee. I mean, it wasn't quite a, a – uh, I think some of that was exhaustion, though, too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, you know, the kid went through some of the most challenging times of his life personally and then went out and won an event on the other side of the pond, flies, you know, six times on five, – five times on, I guess, to Columbus, Ohio, jumps right back into the saddle and goes out and, and leads. You know, I think that was just a – a matter of time before it kind of caught up to him. Should we should we I be think, concerned? I think that I'm he not as, Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I think I'm not as concerned about his knee per se, but more about his inconsistent play round to round. I mean, I, it's it's pretty amazing how consistent he has been inconsistent um, in, in tournaments. I think his second round average is you know significantly higher than. His other round, I, I I don't know if that's the knee or not, but it just seems like you know, can he string together four rounds without blowing up, especially at a U.S. Open? It's that's that's going to be daunting. Can't you say the same thing about Spieth though? With the, I mean, Spieth plays well, like yeah. Brass I mean, you probably say the same thing about you know every player in the field. To, to be fair, but I, I think Rory maybe just because he's under a, a microscope. Um, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's unfair, but I just feel like he's been pretty inconsistent. It seems like he can't avoid the big round lately. Yeah. But no, you're 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 right on point. I mean, PGA Tour wise, this year, second rounds, he shot 78. I mean, that's 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 a trend. I mean, I don't know if it means anything. I don't know why it's the Friday round 
necessarily, but right. I mean, and that's the, the, interesting. Yeah. The one, yeah, the Honda Classic where he shot 66. He he then shot 74 in the final round. I mean, every every tournament that he's played in this year, he's had the one round that's kind of cost him a chance to win it. I mean, he's had but one, two, three, four, five, six top tens in ten events on the PGA. I'm sorry, seven. Did some top of that kind of lend itself to his style of play. I mean, the um, dude just hunts tens all day. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like he's either on or if he's a little bit off, that's going to show, going to get magnified ten times more with him because he literally just hunts tens and gets really aggressive with, with putts, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I watched him a little bit in the practice round. I wrote about this in Memorial Recap, watched him in the practice round. I try to make it a point to go out there and see him every year in a practice round. And I remember watching him struggle in 2012 before he missed the cut, but I watched him for four or five holes this year. And, I mean, it was it was a stripe show. I mean, it was number seven at the village. It was raining. It was 570 yards uphill into the wind, and he knocked it on at two. He was, I mean, he was just hitting the ball with extreme confidence, and then he shot 63 Thursday. I thought he was going to break the Tom Lehman scoring record, and then it, it I don't know, I, it, there's something weird missing with him at this point, but I feel like we were saying that in 2012, going into the end of the year, he had really bad struggles mid-summer 2012, and then he won three events at the end of the year, two FedEx events and the PGA Championship. I think he may be very well on the edge of turning the corner. And it's just I think part of it could be, could be like, if you look at it as far, you know, in the from the lens of he's trending this way or he's trending that way. Like, it could just be, like, you know, dudes are relatively inconsistent before they really catch fire, typically. And it could just be that his, his quote-unquote, relatively inconsistent is just so much better than anybody else's relatively inconsistent. And we haven't seen his best, you know, his best is yet to come here, you know. Yeah. He's trending towards something. I think that yeah. could be a distinct possibility. Should we be concerned that he thinks that he doesn't know what twerking is and that he thinks he twerked his knee? And he referred to that multiple times in interviews. I think that's a that's a cause for concern. Is that maybe a tip-off of why he and uh, Wozniacki broke up? You know, was that uh, maybe a Freudian slip? I don't know. <laughs> Too much twerking in that relationship? Or something. Yeah, maybe some outside twerking. I, I don't know. By the way, I mean, is this the last U.S. Open on NBC? Then it goes yeah. to Fox next year? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Johnny. All right, I'll see. See you later, Johnny and Dan and Raj. I, I, I hope they right bring down the John fall Madden. line. They need to bring John Madden in to cover this on Fox. Guys, is John Madden still alive? Yeah. Right? Oh. Summerall. Pat I Summerall thought he... Oh, yeah. John Madden's definitely still alive. I think Madden and Keith Jackson are hanging out on the West Coast. Is Craig T. Nelson with him, or is he dead? Sensitive, <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Well, before we get into uh, any more odds, what what do we think Pinehurst fits? I mean, this this Pinehurst we're seeing is very different than what we saw in '05 and '99. The renovation or what um, that they've that uh, Crenshaw and Core have done has been well documented. There's no rough. The rough has been turned into waste areas. The fairways are going to be extremely firm. There's going to be tons of runoff into these waste areas. Uh, what, what I mean, I mean, it is. It's not. I don't. You know, I don't think there's any way of knowing until they play it. You know, I think I think it's going to favor somebody that that hits it straight and hits a lot of greens. I think that's the recipe for any U.S. Open. Just the way they set it up. Uh, well, but I think it all comes down to how penal this this these waste areas are. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see it. I think uh, I don't know if it was Michael Campbell winning or I, I remember nothing of the 2005 Me US too. Open, and I think some of that speaks to how bland, especially on TV, Pinehurst. Well, that was what they were saying. They were saying it was so monochrome and so. You know, it just became so like there was there, it was characterless. You know, it was right, and, and and it's so nuanced. Like the best part about the course is these crazy ass greens that they have. And it's so nuanced and stuff that would never ever get picked up on TV. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So well, you probably don't whole, The only the only reason you really see that is because dudes are just wrecking their rigs. 
left and right. Like like uh, John Daly comes to mind from back in '99. I think he made like a eight or an eleven or something. It was like a six putt. Still, you probably don't remember the '05 U.S. Open because you were pulling the Men in Black, the red light flashing, and trying to forget the fact that Michael Campbell won the United States Open Championship. <laughs> For sure, for sure. It's, you know, I mean, that's Finchie's that's Finch dream that you're that he wants you to forget that that ever happened. I guess Finch, that's Mike Davis's dream. He wants you to forget that that ever happened. So I think that's mission accomplished. That's probably why they didn't come back there for for nine more years. The fact that Michael Campbell beat Tiger Woods there last time out there. Well, it probably speaks to why they had to redesign it. They, you know, they're cleaning <laughs> up the crime scene. <laughs> Is Tiger gonna watch the? Uh... Is he going to watch the proceedings go down? I I think he's going to be watching Oculus? That, that styling competition or whatever it was he tweeted about. His barber? His barber, yeah. His boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's some big online, you know, Call of Duty tournament he'll probably be in. <laughs> it's the virtual kill house. Yeah. Uh, His boy I mean, Freddy's not in content, and he's probably not tuning in. All right, let's get back to some odds here. Yeah, um, let's move on to uh, – right, I, I don't think – while I think there's a big name is going to win this tournament, I don't I don't see a ton of value at the top of the board for any of the big names. Um, I, I mean, we, let's talk a little bit about guys we were going to take flyers on. Uh, I, I, I already placed my bet, and I tweeted about this earlier in the week. Billy Horschel is tr- trending in the right direction. Um uh, tied for 15th at the Memorial. Well, I think he finished tied for fourth in Memphis. Tied for fifth in Memphis. Was tied for fourth here. Seventh, I believe, or fourth. fourth. Yeah. Um, he's tied for fourth at Marion last year. Carte Carte Blanche on greens and regulation. Yeah. He's he's, he's formed a monopoly. Yeah, I mean when we wa- when we watched him in Hilton Head, he was hitting a ton of greens, not hitting it near the pin, and not making a ton of birdies. I think that play that plays. At Pinehurst, you know, I mean, he's got to obviously hit the part of the greens that's not going to roll off of it, but hitting a ton of greens and making pars is not going to hurt you at all at Pinehurst. That and his performance last year at Marion um, was excellent. I mean, he looked like a legitimate threat. He's very patient, too. Yeah. His ball striking is world class. You know, it's kind of can he make enough putts? Can he hit it close enough? To, to make some birdies, but yeah, he might be kind of the American version of Graham McDowell, to be honest. He kind of seems to fit that type yeah. of profile. Maybe not as gutsy clutch well, putter he, yet, he can't, but... He can't putt. I mean, right. he max best putter on tour. That's Horschel's biggest weakness. But it, but from a from a tee to green standpoint, I think they're probably pretty comparable when, when G-Max ball striking is on. Okay, so maybe the Barracks, what, like a, maybe a Sergio from a couple of years ago? I'm trying to think of uh, how, yeah, that's you know, not how he profiled. I mean, different different ball, you know, if you take out the ball flight and the, and the swing and everything like that, just from a statistics perspective, they're probably pretty similar players, or I would say even Duffner, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was his fr- I mean, he played in 06. The U.S. Open, but that was his first. I mean, his first U.S. Open as a professional, and he's tied for. I mean, he was. Wasn't he? Was he in the final group Sunday? I mean, I, mean, I think the Oxford Yeah, he was in it. Awesome. Yeah. Who's this? The Horschel. Oh, in '06 he played. I get. Yeah, I'm, I thought it was Wikipedia. He must have qualified. I mean, obviously as an amateur in '06. Um, but huh. yeah, 2013 was his first time playing as a professional. Uh, look, I, but I. Is is Horschel going to win the U.S. Open? Probably not, but uh, if he's eighty to one now, I got him at a hundred to one. Uh, I, that that value is absurd to me. I think. I mean, I, I think uh, if he wasn't trending like he has been the last couple of weeks, I I wouldn't be suggesting it. But I feel like the the odds have not adjusted for what for how he's performed over the last couple of weeks. All right, can we talk about GMAC? Yeah, you're all over this. I mean, all right. So so Horschel's eighty to one. Obviously, that's good value. I think. In that same vein, McDowell, 50 to 1. You know, he won this event less than five. He won it back in 2010. Um, you know, I think he's, it seems like his game's headed in the right direction for sure. I mean, 
putting's going to play well anywhere. Guy keeps yeah. it between the mayonnaise and the mustard off the tee. Um, you know, I feel like he's he's a patient enough guy and probably knows how to play out of the crap off the sides of the fairways too. Which, I mean, by I mean, the way, are they playing that stuff as like, is it a waste bunker or like, how does that work? Yeah, it's waste bunker and they're I not going to be gotta, breaking it. I, I think you got to ask Dustin Johnson how they're playing it this week. He's <laughs> resident expert. He's the authority. I think we should that. ask Stu Sink how, how they're playing it this week. That's Ted Purdy. He'll give yeah. you a response. Yeah. <laughs> the Stu Sink farewell tour. Um, but yeah, um, I think you know. I really like I like GMAC at fifty to one. Um, I'll put in my mandatory Sergio bet at thirty three to one. For sure. Uh, Luke Donald forty to one. It kind of pains me to say, but I feel like he's tidy enough around the greens, and his tee to green game, you know, it's kind of it's really come a long way in the last, you know, last six months or so. It seems like, and then I like Grand Delay at eighty one too. I mean, do we? Are we? Are, so it's going to be almost seventy-six hundred yards. Are we expecting it to play long, though? I mean, I feel like it's going to be fast and firm, obviously, but I think that's going to make guys have to take irons and three woods off tees that even on holes that are four seventy plus. Uh, I mean, I, are we expecting this to favor length? I mean, I think if it is, Dustin Johnson needs to be the topic of conversation. Um, I think the premiums on accuracy more than length. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because of the distance and, and the green complexes, I, I think it's going to favor actually short game. I mean, unless, you, unless somebody's just stuffing long irons, and it's going to be who can get up and down from around the greens, I think, because you just can't hold three, yeah. four irons in, into a lot of these pin areas, I don't think. Uh, I mean, if, if that's... Um, I don't know. If there's going to be a lot of emphasis on accuracy, we, I think we need to be talking about Duffner at 50-1. to 1. I mean, if we're talking about ball strikers and guys that are going to be on green, that's going to be Duffner. I mean, the guy, he's putting with a satellite dish now, and I don't know if that's improved his putting, and I don't think there's a big enough sample to to say whether or not he's actually improved his putting since since he changed to the counterbalance putter. But, I mean, if there's going to be, if we're going to say there's an emphasis on ball striking, we're going to say Duffner. If, 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 I mean, I guess if, if we're emphasizing I, I think it's short a balance. Game, what do we say? Game, yeah. I, mean, I think it's I think I think you gotta factor in all those things because I think you know, I mean it all matters. This is that's why it's the greatest test in golf. You know? Yeah. It, it makes you hit every club, it makes you hit every club well. Um, yeah. I mean last year they were saying to Marion like everyone's got a chance to win this just because it was so short by regular by tour standards. I'm not really hearing a lot of that this year, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm still pissed that J Day didn't come back. You know, his, his oh. health wasn't better earlier because I think his game would have set up real nice for this. Oh, he was yeah. my pick in January. That, that guy had U.S. Open win written all over him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's just you, the hard thing about picking these majors that aren't the, the Masters is just we we don't. We haven't seen these guys play this course. We don't know. We have, they have no history, real. I mean, I, I don't count what it, somebody did in 2005 and 99. As I'll tell you whose game, this kind of scares me, man. This game sets up really well for this course. Don't say Coulter. it. Coulter. Okay. I, 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 he's straight off the tee, putts well. You know, his iron game's not spectacular, but... I mean, yeah, I, another, I don't really have an opinion there, but another name I'm a, I'm sorry to say I think I like and that we need to discuss is Jerry. I mean, no, I don't think there's any way. I don't think he's patient enough. I don't think he's. Does he does he have to be patient? I mean, I think I feel like what's going to prevent? Yeah, you you can't from... you can't shoot at these pins, man. Some of these pins you can't. You're going to be in jail. And I think he's going to get flustered with the. With some of the lie, you know, with some of the, you know, I just, I, I can't see him sticking around for all four days here. I hope you're right. I feel like he's still, his advantage off the tee right now. I've never seen anyone drive the ball in a year as good as Bubba did. That may have been ruined by that drive on 15 at Memorial on Sunday, which I think that dog is still chewing on that ball. But he's going to be, he's just going to be in spots of the fairway. 
and no one else is going to be in. With like, he's, he's the only be the only guy hitting wedges into some of these screens. I don't know. I, I I can picture it. I'm trying. It's a nightmare. I'm trying not. I'm trying to burn it out of my mind, but I can picture it. That's true. I I think it's dependent on his driver there too. Where you know if he's hitting that thing with accuracy, you're absolutely right. He's going to be two, three clubs less than most guys in, into these. Well, not screens. only that, he, he he can hit that three iron. Yeah. You know. The hell out of that three iron. Just who's he paired with? That could be that up P ninety. All right, so pairings. Good. You've got Bubba. Well, Phil, do you want to talk about a bit about Brendan? No, well, I, I think not, and we can talk about Fendon specifically, but I, I was just trying to think about some guys who have played well this year who can maybe steal one, you know, maybe in the mold of a Michael Campbell, a Lucas Glover. Um, I think Jimmy Walker's got to be part of that. A, a Jimmy Walker, uh, a Chris Kirk, you know, could a, could a guy like Chris Kirk put it together for four weeks or four why, days? Why is, um, why is Kirk 125 to one? What am I missing? Yeah, there? I he's had a he's had a a good year. Um I, I my point is who who are the guys that can are, are capable maybe of I, I think that's what makes the US Open so different from the Masters, where the Masters usually identifies, you know, the best players. The US Open seems obviously way more wide open. And, and so maybe who are some of the guys that hit the ball well enough or have Spectacular short games or combination thereof that that maybe could surprise. Well, I, right. I think Sendin with his play, with his form, um, is, is certainly guy. I mean, all all world ball striker. If he can make some putts, he could be on the front page or you know within shouting distance come the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, the, I, I didn't research this at all until you said his name. I, this this guy is going to be in our picks. It's Chris Kirk at one twenty five to one. Here is his last. Six starts. T20, T27, T30, T13, T14, T4 at Muirfield. That doesn't sound like a guy who should be 125 to 1. He's got the same odds as David Tom. No, and he's had some, and he, you know, he's kind of stumbled on the stretch in a couple of tournaments too, where, you know, I mean, granted, he's played in two U.S. Opens, played in 08 and 09, finished pretty much, made the cut in 08, finished dead last. Out of the guys that made the cut, and then um, got cut in '09, but you know made his Masters debut this year, finished tied for 20th. It's not like he's, you know, I mean, yeah. and it's not like you know, uh, course knowledge is going to play huge here. Like, right? It's new golf have, course. Yeah, they should have paired Matsuyama and Kirk together. Just to mimic the the pause that the pause that both of them have at the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, why is uh, the mechanic at a hundred to one too? Yeah. What am I missing there? That's 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 disrespectful. Is what that is. Right. That's really disrespectful. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to move um, on? Anything else? I think so. I mean, you want to talk about amateurs? Uh, you want to talk about pairings? Yeah, we're talking about pairings. All like, so right. Bubba's playing with Schwartzel and Scott. Last three Masters champions. Yes. And then a couple other interesting pairings. You've got Serge playing with Jason Day and Sneds. Jason Dye, sorry. I should have corrected myself there. Uh, next group off. Hey, they're, they're teeing off early as shit. Uh, Are they really? Excuse my language. Yeah, well, you know, first, first pairings off at six forty-five. Are they both tees or no? And yeah, off both tees. Yeah. Well, the weather's supposed so to got, be shaky. You got Serge, Jason, Die, Snedeker. Next pairing, Stenson, Kucher, Westwood. Which I'm undecided on Stenson. I can't tell if it's if, it, if he's just kind of holding steady or if his game is. Is on the outs. I'm I'm kind of selling off Stenson. I, I think he peaked, and I mean it'd have been really hard to sustain his play from the end of last year. 
Yeah, I just I don't I don't think he uh, I don't think last year was indicative of his true consistent ability. I mean, not not take anything away from that, but I I'm uh, just curious how he's maintained so high in the world rankings. Not really doing much of anything this year. But um, another day. after that, you've got you've got Webb, who finally showed some signs of life last week. Um, yeah, that's that's a guy we need to talk about. GMAC right. and Rory. The last three open winners. Oh, and yeah. then and then you've got I think in that other morning wave that Kirk, Henley, and Todd playing together, all Georgia alums. Spieth, Matsuyama, Fowler. That's um, an interesting one. I think the USA didn't really do anything that that crazy or interesting this year with the pairings. Usually I think that's that's a really disrespectful Disrespectful grouping to Harris English. Who's he with? I'm Who's sorry. Who's he with? Say it again. They should have. They should have put Harris English in that pairing. Oh, instead of Fowler. Yeah. Well, Fowler's the more marketable guy. It's not. Uh, it's, it's a popularity contest more than it is an actual accomplishment. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you're really high on on Harris English, but. His uh his recent results haven't exactly he doesn't no, belong in that, he in that with the world on fire. He doesn't belong in that company. I mean Fowler's results don't really match it either, but he's uh it'd be a tough case to put to put Harris on this in that group. Couple of pairings I really, really like. You got Sendo, Colsert's Kopka going off. Followed by DJ, Jimmy Walker, and Doobie Swan. Mm. My, my favorite may be uh, the Stadler, Lowry, De Young grouping. I think somebody's gonna be following that thing with a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I like, uh, who's the people? Like, how how the, the people's champion like, going off with? People's champ is going off with Justin Rose and your doppelganger Matthew Fitzpatrick. Oh, love that guy. That guy was a ball testing machine out on the Harbor Town range, just automatic. That kid might might be in line to make seventy two cars in an event one day. He yeah. Hit every fairway, every green and all he, was a, he was a hero amongst the plebeians when we saw him at Hilton Head. He made eighteen pars that Sunday in Hilton Head this year. That's sweet. So um, didn't didn't Horsley yeah, he sure is having many birdies. Um, you got Stu Sink, Justin Leonard, and Y.E. Yang. Their fa- farewell tour. The farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know they, you know the USG officials clinked a wine glass together when they, yeah. when they put that together. Like, oh, last time we got to fit all these. Although is, is what's Leonard exempt from? He just qualified, he, didn't he? How did he qualify? I think. Um, how is he qualified? Well, he must have gone through qualifying. Straight up qualified. I think his pro status got him exempt. <laughs> well, he uh, well he That's used... how Wittenberg got in the field too. <laughs> yeah, Wittenberg came in the same way. What pro, the pro from... exemption? The, the top twenty-five exemption. <laughs> Professional hitter. So that you can use the top twenty-five. If you're a top twenty-five on the money the PGA Tour money list, you can uh, you can basically. You could use that as an exemption for a year, and you get to do it for a year if you're top 50 as well. You get yeah, but you don't years. get to use that in the U.S. Open, right? No, 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 definitely not. But I was going to say that's that's the only reason Justin Lin is out there on tour right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just, can I just say that during the Memorial practice round, I'm I'm watching. Uh, so Horschel and Every are playing a match against Vijay Singh and Stephen Bowditch. Which I mean, it's just great to see those four guys all together again. I mean, those guys, those four guys, have so much history together. And uh, they're they're standing on the 18th tee, and they turn around, and Justin Leonard tee shot during the practice round, like barely reached the fairway of 15, and they literally just turned around and started pointing and laughing about how short Justin Leonard hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, ready to fly on firing. All right, we've got the uh, you, you've got the ATM pairing of Furyk, 
Stricker and Bill Haas, member FDIC. Oh, what what? Their cousin made like a combined two hundred million dollars between the three of them. I think. I think that's a nod to Charlotte's, uh, you know, the the banking <laughs> industry of Charlotte. <laughs> Uh, what, what what pairing has the most career earnings? The highest career earnings between the three of them. Is that it? That's it's gotta be. Gotta it. be up there, right? That's gotta be the one. Um, let's Phil and Justin. I mean, they're offset by an amateur, so. Um, Phil may try. He may try that enough himself, though. Yeah, I mean, Bernie, Darren Clark, East Haven. I don't think East Haven's been around long enough to. I'd be curious which pro pairing has the the least amount of career earnings. Sure, there's plenty of them with all these qualifiers. <laughs> Hudson Swafford's got to be in that in that group. He's got. Uh, I think it was disrespectful that they didn't put Ken Duke in the Luke Donald Harris English Paul Casey pairing. You know, um, I went to go bet. I, I went to go bet low um, Englishman. For the tournament, I couldn't even get odds on Ken Duke. You want to talk about disrespectful? <laughs> Can you please tell the backstory of this so everyone's not completely confused? We don't get a million emails saying that Ken Duke's American. Yeah, I, there's not much backstory. It's just, you know, some guys you hear their name, you don't really know anything about them, but but you have some, you form kind of what they look like. You form some pre, oh, I guess they're not preconceived. But you form some notions about him. Well, I just thought Ken Duke had to be English. I mean, it's the most English-sounding name in the world, and I was just absolutely floored when I found out he was American. And so, the, the running joke is he's got to be British. I, I don't care. I, I I'm not willing to that he's American. I mean, you even sent him your thoughts and prayers after Margaret after Margaret Thatcher died, the Iron Lady. <laughs> It's, you know, yeah. Ken Duke of Cambridge. I thought he'd be in line to get knighted. I'm ready to call him (laughs) Sir Ken Duke. Um, I think, going back to that, you know who I think is a sleeper? Go ahead. Gallagher. Gallagher. The club pro. Have we told that backstory? We might need to tell that one. You're going to need to tell that one. All right, so we had, what was it, 2000, the 2011? It was the one Keegan won. Yeah, Atlanta Athletic yeah. Club. Atlanta Athletic. It was, it was hot, steamy. There's no shade. Um, just really long course too. It was, it felt like, I felt like we were, I felt like we were watching golf in like a just a massive industrial age factory. But uh. <laughs> anyway, so we're we're sitting in the back nine at Atlanta Athletic Club, and up up comes this dude, Gallagher, Stephen Gallagher. We're pretty soft by this point, and I'm just thinking out. I'm wondering out loud who the hell this guy is. But knowing that it's the PGA Championship, <laughs> you know, I just assume that he's a club pro. <laughs> and then we start we start pontificating about how. This guy probably smashes watermelons to the spare time. A la, a la Gallagher. The comedian. The comedian. Uh, and then start going on and on about a cl- about how he's a club pro and all this stuff. Need- needless to say, or little, little did we know, his family is sitting right in front of the grandstand <laughs> on the green. <laughs> and his kid just like, is like ashamed. And his wife just looks at us like we're like the just the worst human beings on the face of the earth. And, and we offered no apologies or anything. Like we just we just kept talking about it. It was it was really it was really a low point. And then we figured out who he was. I think we went home that night and Wikipedia him. And obviously we we send our send our condolences and our apologies out to the to the Scottish Scottish clan. Mrs. Gallagher's stare, icy cold stare at us, is forever seared in my memory. I'll I'll never forget her look of utter, just utter disdain for for Tron and Randy. 
Well, that's what uh, just any. I, I tweeted this last week. The conversations you hear at golf tournaments about the players are usually about six percent accurate. I mean, this is stuff that the people say about about the players. It's not even close to being right. Yeah, and usually yeah. the best stories you come home from a tournament in person are like they're off the beaten path. You, you know, you don't get them following oh, yeah. Tiger or Phil. You oh, yeah. Go out and you know. Get around the lesser-known guys. That's where you really get the stories. Yeah. All right. Can we talk about U.S. Open venues and how this is only Pinehurst's third appearance? You want to touch on the amateurs first before we move into the Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Phil, why don't you talk about um, your boy? Yeah, yeah. I'll start. Big, big no-laying-out shout-out to uh, Will Grimmer. He – so he's from – Cincinnati, Ohio, actually grew up about three houses down from my parents. It will be a senior at the high school I went to in Cincinnati. The Marymount. Yeah, Marymount High School. Um, and it's still, I mean, it's just kind of surreal that this kid that I've known for you know, at least 10, if not 15 years, this little kid, uh, got through two rounds of qualifying, and it will be in the U.S. Open. It's crazy. It's Needless to say, it's the buzz of uh, the Mont. Uh, everybody's talking about it. He's he's bringing the best wishes of, of all of the east side of Cincinnati with him down to, down to Pinehurst. And I will say, too, on a, on a somewhat, um, I, I don't know what kind of note, on, on a, on a self-serving note, I guess, he will become the first uh, major participant that I have ever uh, defeated in a round of golf. He was giving me 10 strokes last summer, and I beat him one up. So I got that feather in my cap, which is nice. So, yeah, I, I wanted a special shout-out to Will, definitely. Um, I, I was think that on the Donald the Ross cut. course, too? Uh, at, it was actually up at, here in Michigan. High Park? Oh, okay. No, it was, a, it was on a Robert Trent Jones up here in Michigan before an AJGA event. I feel like you should um, probably give him a shout-out, too. He could, he could shot 59 at one of the other Pioneers courses, right? So, yeah, I guess to continue with all this, um, he shot 59 last summer and Pinehurst number one in a, in a junior event there, which is incredible. It's a shorter course, but a 59 is, hell, I'd take a 59 on the local putt-putt course. But the thing that's crazy, he probably weighs a buck thirty, buck forty, soaking wet. I mean, doesn't hit it. Maybe hits it two seventy, but just rolls the freaking heck out of the ball. And when you think about, okay, well, what U.S. Open course probably is the best fit for a kid like this? It's you know probably Pinehurst, or it was. We'll see how the new Pinehurst plays, but um, the premium will certainly be on putting, and so. Yeah, I'm just hoping he can make the cut. Um, that's kind of my personal amateur aside. Um, How old is and he? And the going? other amateur, I'm, he'll be a senior. So I think he's 17, no, 18. He's unbelievable. He'll be a senior. He's, he's committed to go to Ohio State. Too, right? oh, uh, he's yeah. committed to go to Ohio State, um, which I think that's solid. I have no inside information on that. Um, I assume I'll it's solid. I'll withhold my judgment on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd like that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him. Can't wait to – hopefully I can see a little of him on coverage. Probably not, but um it'll be fun to track his progress. But the other amateur I want to mention is just Fitzpatrick because we got to see him down in, in Hilton Head. And one, he kind of looks like me, which is, you know, poor kid. But two, I was just so impressed with how he hits the ball. Um, and he was probably the nicest guy we – saw hanging around after, you know, the post round mingling with the fans. So I had two takeaways on him. He was uh watching him on the range. He hits ball he practices like I practice. Like no time in between swings. It's like one after <laughs> yeah. another. And yeah. then and then B, he probably has the best chicklets of any of any Englishman I've ever seen. <laughs> um just not not the stereotypical bad teeth, but typical Typical Englishman. Yeah, he's got that in the form. Where, where else yeah. can you get that analysis other than no laying up? Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, Anything else to add on amateurs? Not really. I mean, most of them are kind of an unknown quantity. Yeah. There's a dude, Justin Thomas. I, um, he was like the man at Bama. I want to say. And he went pro, like really early. He went pro, and um, he ended up qualifying for this. He's kind of been grinding on the uh, on the Web.com tour. Um, he turned pro last year. I mean, how this guy was crazy. This guy was born in 1993. I mean, Grimmer, what year was he born? Like 96? Yeah, yeah, 96 or 97 even. That's nuts. That's crazy. All right, you guys want to talk about venues at all? Also, yeah. I want to add in Jim Furyk. I think he's – I mean, I, I think Furyk could be a definite sleeper. He's 40-1, to 1, but this would seem to fit his game, right? Was this, a, was this your way of slight digging, slight dig at him? Was it including him in the amateur section? or? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. You know I'm on Team Furyk now. I know. Yeah, hey, uh, John is – Firmly on Team Pure. I planted my flag. You got a, you're buying five hour energy hats, aren't you? Pretty much, man. Also, was that true that 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 Patty dumped uh dumped the uh the GoFuzz? I have no idea. What was it? Uh, Ryan, <laughs> our follow Ryan Kruger wrote. Yeah, in shout out to Ryan Kruger. Yeah, he's in the cut right now. Yeah, he uh, we read an article, wrote an article this week about some of the worst endorsement deals of all time. And uh, one of them was Podrick Harrington wearing a GoFuzz.com hat. And all of a sudden, as soon as we wrote it, uh, Ryan's comment was either the check bounced or P- Patty read our article as the front of Patty's hat was logo left on Sunday. So, yeah. power, again, the power of no laying up. Now on the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Pinehurst. Um, and we want to talk about future U.S. Open venues. What what do you guys – I guess the question – I'm happy to see them going away, at least last year and this year, going away from a traditional, just long, brutal, long, rough, hard greens, hard fairways, can't hold a green, to trying some different formats. And, I mean, no offense to Wingfoot. I mean, I'd love it. If I got invited to play Wingfoot, I'd, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like, that would be cool. But, like, that just – that kind of tournament isn't that appealing on TV. It's not that fun to watch as a viewer. I think the last couple of years give us a lot different experience. I guess, Tron, what do you what do you look for? What kind of setup do you want to see for USF? What's your ideal setup? I thought Marion was sweet. I mean, yeah. you know, I think Miners, I like, I mean, granted, we're watching on TV. So yeah. on TV, it's tough to have a true appreciation for some of these really old school tracks. Like, it, you know, like, Especially at Wingfoot, or um, you know, I would say where the PGA was last year up at Oak Hill. Um, you know, places I think like Beth that. Page fits that. Yeah, but I also do, you know, so I I like when there's certain visual elements involved, whether it be out of Pebble, you've got the ocean, or you know, Shinnecock, uh, you know, Shinnecock, Marion, Piners, you've got this kind of tall, wispy grass, you know, some kind of some 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 visually appealing stuff going on instead of just kind of a monochromatic green everywhere. Um, you know, which I also I really applaud Pinehurst. I mean I think everything as far as the steps they've taken to, you know, kind of make this course more visually appealing, I think I applaud them for that. Not only yeah. for making it more visually appealing, but also for making it more, you know, environmentally unique too it's i mean yeah. it's, it's gonna be different i mean I, I think the the luck factor of you know i've heard you can hit it two feet into the waste area and be in a footprint and a terrible lie you can hit it 20 feet in and be sitting perfectly pretty that i think is gonna i mean that could determine the outcome i mean if if somebody keeps hitting in that stuff and is getting good lies and that can yeah. i don't know if you get away with putting it in there you're going to be shooting under par. I think it's interesting, too, that, I mean, talking about Beth Page, seems like they're kind of in that PGA, like that PGA of America stable now. Like, they're having a Ryder Cup there. They're going to have a PGA Championship there. Seems like they're kind of out of the USGA rota. Yeah. Um, and you've got, but looking at the future sites, you've got Chambers Bay next year. 
Um, you know, obviously unconventional track. I think there's one tree in the whole whole place, but that should be visually, you know, aesthetically awesome. Visually, um, yeah, but I can't wait to see that. The, you know, that. Oakmont. After that, you got Aaron Hills. I don't know anything about Aaron Hills, but it's like 7,800 yards. <laughs> it's it's I tall think, and wispy. It's up in Wisconsin. Yeah. They played the USAM there a couple of years ago. It's just cut through farmland. Huh. It's kind of like Whistling uh, Straits without being on the water, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's how I understand it. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess what I'm saying is overall, you know, and then after that they go back to Shinnecock and then Pebble and then they don't, you know, and then they go to Wingfoot in 2020 and then they go to Torrey in 2021. So it seems like they're really making an effort to go to, you know, some of these courses that are more. Yeah, different. They're doing different things instead of, you know, yeah. same old, same old, which I'm fine with. I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where I kind of, I kind of trust the USGA with their setup. I mean, I don't, I think like that kind of 04 Shinnecock, uh, 06 Wingfoot. Um, I'm just trying, struggling to think of an 07. I thought Shinnecock was sweet. Yeah, it it just got away from them that year though. That was the it's year. It's like that, the Carnoustie of of U.S. Open venues though. Like I right, like but that was, one, and I think Oakmont too. Like you can make that insanely hard and just punish everybody once every like five years or six years. Yeah, I think yeah. Oakmont fits in better with these new kind of cool courses because it's. It now stands out almost because of just the carnage, and um, it almost becomes unique in just kind of it's a parkland, lots of rough, difficult greens, um, where it didn't really pop before with all the other courses that were similar to it. I guess I like seeing finishes that are – I just don't like seeing carnage coming in. I don't like seeing somebody – uh, try, trying not to blow it. To win. I mean, as much as I didn't want to hear it when the 2012 U.S. Open, that was just hard to watch, you know? I, I like I having... I feel like you're going to see that at the U.S. Open, like, it, yeah. especially this yeah. year, you know? I mean, you're I not going to see... kind of the nature of it. Stretch. Yeah. Whereas it's I one guess. of those things, it's almost like instead of seeing somebody, like, see somebody struggle to make a par instead of somebody just, you know, two-putt par here and there, where... I don't know. I, I think that's really interesting when... You know, I would rather see somebody win it at plus eight than plus two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? If you're going to be over par, be over par, you know? I guess uh, the USGA events in general, the the, the par, I, I wrote about this a couple months ago too, is just that par in general is is, is kind of a made-for-TV thing, the way they keep score, yeah. in that this is a par 70 this week. It's really like a par 72. I mean, they're... They've got four par oh, fours sure. over 500 yards. They just change them to par fours to protect the the score for whatever reason. I, I mean, it's the same exact golf tournament, whether or not it's a par 70 or par 72. It's, just, it's like whoever handles the psychological effect better at playing a 529-yard par four, I guess that's the test. That's the only test factor that, that involves, you know, when you change a par four to a par five or vice versa. But uh, Well, it's kind of, it's kind of the U.S., GA, I mean, I mean that's kind of become their brand now too. Uh, by lower artificially lowering the par, they get the higher winning score relative to par, yeah. and that's a great differentiator as opposed to say the Masters, where except for you know the odd year, it's it's usually deeper scores under par. The, the U.S. Open now in the minds of the general public is a grind. It's a test of survival. Yeah. And manipulating par really reinforces that. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that that's fine. I think that's, that makes for a fine tournament. But as a viewer perspective, there's a reason. I mean, there's a million reasons why the Masters is more entertaining than the U.S. Open. And that's one of them is that, like, you can make birdies coming in. You know, that's exciting when guys are making birdies. You know, not every major needs to be like that. And I get, I get why the U.S. Open is the way it is, but um, at the same time, I like seeing, you know, again, it's all aesthetics, but the Masters is still really difficult. But if you play well, you can make birdies. It just has the true risk yeah. reward holes that you can make a difference on, and it's just hard to really make that effect in the U.S. Open. But I mean, again, that's just the difference in the two tournaments. It's not. At, uh, All right. I'm not really criticizing it. Let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, that's, to... that's philosophical. That, that yeah. I mean, I think that's on purpose. That's that's yeah, not well, I agree. coincidental I agree. by any means. Yeah, I agree. All right, Lee. 
what are y'all's least favorite U.S. Open courses? Say since well, like. Well, first, I I, can we talk a little bit about Chambers Bay next year? And that, yeah, yeah. Uh, visually it looks awesome. But the only things I've heard about it are, you know, from people in the Pacific Northwest is that the players are going to hate it. And I don't know why. I think it was Fred Couples that even said, yeah, the players are not going to like Chambers Bay. Why? I mean, do you guys know anything about it? Why is that? I think it's because it's unpredictable. You know, you get bounces there. You get – it's more like – it's like Link style. And these guys like to be totally in control, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, these guys love British Open courses that are Link style that are unpredictable. I mean, what is it about about Chambers Bay? I, 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 I don't know. Honest, I don't I, know I, enough about it. Same. Really. Yeah, that's what – I'm just it, – that intrigued me. I, mean, I heard nothing but good yeah. things about Chambers Bay as – you know, maybe because I've just seen pictures of it, but um, I, that's just something to look out for for next year. I've heard that. Uh, I mean, maybe because it's you know, it, it does look like even more so than a regular Lynx course. It looks like there there is just some crazy mounding. I mean, look at pictures right now. It's crazy mounding and going to be crazy firm and fast. Um, you know, so I'm not sure. You know, kind of what what the yeah. What's it but, like? What's the big differences between it and maybe a British Open track? Yeah, um, we'll see. I, 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 so back to your question about what my favorite venues are. I think I'd like to see more. I'm fine with them doing different things here and there, but I feel like they should be at Pebble more often than once every nine or ten years. I, I look at. I mean, Saint, they go to St Andrews every five years, and that's like that's the most entertaining British Open. I think is is just with the history of the course and the moments we've seen there. I just feel like we should have more it, more opens at Pebble. I, I think what plays into the Masters' hands, obviously, is they play at the same course every year. We have memories of certain holes, how guys play certain holes. I just think more than once a decade, we, they should be going back to that location. Yeah. I think – all right, so my favorite – I don't know if I have a favorite. My least, strong I know. Take. I strong just, take. I, probably Marion. I thought Marion was. I thought Marion was awesome last year. That was probably my favorite. Um, my least favorite is a tie between just the the travesty that was Olympia Fields. That was that was disrespectful to the game of golf. <laughs> and congressional can't stand congressional. Why do you think? I mean, yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I've heard none of the good things about about Congo, but Congressional reminds me of of like Medina and Atlanta Athletic Club. It's just like a big, characterless place, just like a big ballpark. Yeah, you know? and it, the fact that it played soft kind of, I and mean, that's the reason why Rory shot seventeen under the U.S. Open or whatever the hell he shot. Um, uh, if that played fast and firm, I think that'd have been that'd been a lot more intriguing tournament. But um, yeah, they're not going back there. I don't think for an open anytime soon. Good. But, I think um, my favorite my favorite venue, the one I associate with the U.S. Open, I think is Oakmont, and I think it's because tight fairways, long rough, impossible greens, crazy um, greens, diabolical greens. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's I was, your favorite. I think that's your favorite because Johnny Miller shot a final round sixty three there. Well, he did that, and I was a big fan of uh, Cabrera winning it too. That guy, I'm I'm team Cabrera for sure. What My least Cabrera favorite, I would have said, was Pinehurst yeah. before this year. So I'm going to be curious to, to see how it plays. It's totally nondescript. I'm I'm very excited to see the new Pinehurst. Guys, Angel Cabrera's one fifty to one. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, right. Um all right, are we ready to move on from venues? Yeah, it's fun. Sorry, I kinda hijacked that one. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, I, uh, also, Kevin Na, hundred to one. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's value. You're just gonna be texting us three hours later with another guy that you love. It's new odds. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to some questions. This came.
came in from my buddy Bachman. Um, just kind of moving away from the U.S. Open, but talking about majors at large. I thought that was a great question. Other than Spieth, who's the next American who hasn't won a major that will win at least two majors? The question makes you think. Tron, I know you're answered. Go. Harris English. Yeah. Period, point blank. Uh, purely my rational mind, not my heart, I would answer Dustin Johnson. Too much game, too much talent. Yeah. He's going to win a Valhalla in August. Um, How about you, time. Sally? So I, I, I don't want to hijack and take Dustin Johnson, but I think I probably would. Um, am I crazy if I said Woodland? No, you're not crazy. The game's there. You just, you just got to start putting a little bit. Yeah. What about your boy Cooch? I keep forgetting he's never oh, that's won a, a good major. one. Can Cooch? Yeah, can Cooch snag too? I mean, yeah. I would be – I think he may lack pop to get to get two majors. <laughs> lack enough pop. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that take before. Um, I guess I'm trying to go to uh, – like U.S. Ryder Cup standings to think about this. I I don't. I guess I don't. When I think about golfers, I don't think about them as like Americans in that regard. But um, I don't know, that Cooch call is not a bad one at all. What about well, Tron? You also said you thought Bill Haas was going to win multiple majors. I think his game. I mean, he's won some really classy events at like some pretty he's been disappointing this serious year serious trash he's, he's been disappointing this year and he's just never he's never done anything in the majors yeah it, it's time for him to contend at least get on the first page on the weekend it's time um, I totally agree let's see here who else are, I mean how have we not discussed Patrick Reed at this point oh yeah obligatory Patrick Reed joke um, I was. I forget, if Horschel wins one. this week, he could, you know, he could get another one. He's got a lot. He's, he's, like he's a long he's shot. Twenty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. You qualified this with other than speed, right? Because that was the yeah. question. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna assume that speed is gonna be the first two majors. Okay. Um, we spent a shockingly small amount of time talking about him on this podcast, but what about uh, Mayhem? Uh, I don't like him. Lacks pop. I'm, 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 uh, I'm selling on Mayhem at this point. Mayhem and Snedeker kind of a, are my, my tie for uh, biggest disappointments this year. I, I, I got a question too. How has Steve Stricker never won a major? Has he really ever been that close? I think so. I mean, I think he's been. I mean, he's got some yeah, he's been quite a few masters for sure. Uh, I, I mean, he's got a, a few, several top tens, but I mean, has he ever been like? Let's see, no. All right, he's got one, two, three, he's four, got, five, six, seven, got, eight, nine, ten, eleven top tens in majors. He's got four top tens in the U.S. Open. He, he made he, he made the cut almost every single year he played it. Uh, Except for the not as good a Masters record as I would have thought, to be honest. Um, he's got two top tens in the British, and he's got a solo second in the PGA. A clean 16 years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where was uh, that? But he was winning. That was... Well, 2011, he shot 63 opening round. He was winning. I thought he was going to win. He clearly did not, but um, I mean... Stricker, I mean, is Stricker done? I mean, he doesn't really seem to – I mean, he had it. He played a limited center last year and played great with that. And now he's just kind of – I mean, we even heard his name like this year. It's almost like he's playing better. Yeah, I mean, last year he was. This year, not the case. No, it's almost like he's playing – playing that limited schedule, but I don't know. We pulled this stuff here. It seemed like he was making some noise last month or so. I think he's really heading into this stretch of the season. You know, he's playing a limited schedule, but he's – kind of circled this on his schedule as the key stretch. Yeah, yeah. Open, the John yeah, Deere. It's all peaking for the John Deere. Uh, the John Deere peak for the John Deere. The fifth I mean, major for him. 
was he tied for twenty fourth at, at Shell in Houston. He got thirty first at the Masters, thirteenth at the Players, and tied for sixth at the Memorial. Gotcha. So, he was sixth at the Memorial. Okay. Well, yeah, all right. So, I mean, you know, games there. Similar question, a slightly different twist to it. With which major winner with only one major will win a second one next? The mm. group of guys with one major. Talking Duffner, Bradley, Scott, McDowell, Simpson, Comer, Sean McKeel, uh Mike Mike Weir, <laughs> Michael Campbell, Todd Hamilton, Todd Davis Hamilton, Love the Third, Ben Fred Couples. Yeah, Fred Cumberland on one major. That's so close to my mind. I've got an analogy for you guys. Oh, do you know who you didn't name that could actually win it is Zach Johnson, too. Yeah. Yeah. He could win. No doubt. And odds-wise, he is... Holy shit, he's 66 to 1. Wow. That's tasty. Grinder. Gruden's grinder. Where's Neil? I like this guy. (laughs) Um, Schwartzel, Ustazen. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Justin Rose. Justin Rose got the stones. I like. Yeah, I could see Kymer winning another major. I mean, you got to think Rose. Adam Scott's your best chance out here. I mean, he's oh for sure. He can he can win any of these things. His game plays on any of these events. Although he's got a really shockingly poor history with the U.S. Open. But um, he's been uh, close yeah. to the British several years. I, I mean, are we buying that he needs to do it within the next seven majors before the putter ban goes in? Do we care about that? Mm, to be determined. I'm not ready to. I, I don't know. I'm not sold that the putter ban is really going to affect him that much. Yeah. Putting stats aren't markedly better with the long putter than they were with the short putter. You know? I forgot about Duval as a one time winner. Let's not. I don't want to throw any negativity in Duval's direction. That's true. That was like I, I mean that. David, I know I you're respect the, I respect the hell out of his grind as a menace. I think I'd put Justin Rose right there behind Scott as the next as a guy to win a second. I guess I, swing is so good. I I, I, I guess love it. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I don't even think of as of Kucher as a non-major winner. Like, why doesn't he get more heat for never winning a major? I mean, it's like Westwood, Westwood, and Donald, and all those guys carry that like a, like a scarlet letter. You're essentially, you're essentially that's like everything that I was arguing when we were at Heritage. Like, no, why is this guy get let off the hook? You were, it was different. You were claiming he gets let off the hook for like being close to winning basically regular tournaments and not winning them, which I argued was, was kind of I, I didn't care for that narrative, but. I mean, he's like, he's like rarely even in the conversation. But I, no, but I'm saying he gets let off the hook for not, you know, the guy hasn't, for his profile and his stature in the game, him having not won a major is, it's like he should carry that like like Westwood at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a cross he has to carry, and he's not. Sergio I, I guess he's, just, too much he's slowly that progressed into someone that should be winning majors. He's not really, like... He, he's, you know, he won the Barclays in 2010, then he won the Players in 2012, then won at WGC, then the Memorial. Like, he's just kind of built towards a major and not really gotten there yet. But he's not really been this good of a player until the last three years. Whereas Westwood's had an unbelievable 15-year career, you know. I guess that's the difference, but... Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, Kutcher was... Shit, Kutcher made the cut at the Masters when he was yeah, you but I mean, come I mean, on. Not, he only made it cut, like, competed two years in a row. And then, you know, he. I mean, you got to look at Westwood. Westwood went through the wilderness for five or six years there. Well, I don't I think, think it was that long, but, yeah, go ahead. Kutcher's uh, window is definitely open. I, I think that's why it was so interesting. I mean, he's a guy who could win two. He, he could be the next guy who wins two. But he could also, I could see, not win any. It's It'll be very interesting. I think but he wins the Masters. Agree. I think he wins the Masters. But he needs right. to, he, he's got to start doing it. He's got to get one in the next three, four years, I would say. Yeah. 
I got an analogy for you guys. Go ahead. Bill Haas is this generation's Davis Love the Third. I mean, I said it was Webb Simpson, but like, yeah. I can see Haas too. The, Haas would compete enough money. for D, to, to be compared to DL three. Yeah, but DL three was up there uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. DL three also won the same tournament like six times, <laughs> and he won a major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, that's true. But, uh, but I'm saying progressing towards that. If you want to I mean, make is still young too. Yeah, the Webb Simpson Davis Love analogy for like competition competing to be the whitest man in America, like that's a lot. That's a lot closer of an analogy. He, Webb Simpson in that regard is the uh, modern day Davis Love. I mean, Jay, Bill Haas could be this generation's Jay Haas. <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some enlightened stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, what if? What if, man? What if? What, is, what if Malcolm X baptized Tupac? What if, bro? What if? Well, I think that's cool. going to be it. We, uh, we've we gone for a good hour plus here. Uh, thanks to anyone that stuck around listening. Thanks to everyone that sent questions in. Keep sending them in. We're going to try to do try to do these more often. Um, again, if you could subscribe on iTunes, leave a review, um, give us some stars. We, uh, we're... And uh, give us any anything you want to discuss. We'll be uh, we'll be glad to get to. Um, and we welcome constructive to, criticism as well. Yes, absolutely. Tell us what is boring. Tell us what you like. Um, and give us. I mean, we the topics do not have to stick to golf. They don't have to be cookie yeah. cutter topics. They can be absolutely off the wall stuff. And if you give us time to research stuff, it uh, it makes it easier on us. So. And we're gonna have guests on. It won't just yes. be us clowns. Yes, we will have guests. Uh, hopefully in the very near future, so it's not just us pontificating for end on end over end. So uh, we're lagging a little bit on the preview this week, U.S. Open wise. We'll have uh, we'll have something by Wednesday, um, but this was kind of our big U.S. Open preview, and we'll serve as that. But um, let us know your guys' thoughts. Who who are you, who do you like? What odds do you like? What do we miss? There's there's going to be some value plays out there that we we didn't discuss or haven't seen yet. I mean, just talking through it tonight. The Chris Kirk thing has got me my interest very peaked. So, Tron, Phil, anything else? Yeah, that's it, man. No, no. I think preview. Yeah. Uh, Godspeed, right, everyone. Thank Good you luck out much. there. No laying up. No laying up. Good.